So I've come with Bilad, my guide, to the Isle of Sohel, climbed up this mountain, saw a lot of inscriptions along the way, have this beautiful view overlooking a curve in the Nile. This was the first cataract. Uh, the god Kanum, associated with Khufu, who built the Great Pyramid, the god Kanum was one of the trinity of gods. Here he was probably the chief. He was the ram-headed god. And he protected the first cataract. He was uh, a potter. He created the human form. So he's the creator. And I think Khufu, if you follow me, I think was like uh, Akhenaten, who was well known as a monotheist. I think Khufu became a monotheist. Read Herodotus. And so anyways, uh, we're at were where the god Kanum was, was the ruler. And so here you've got Pharaoh Zoser from the third dynasty. Okay, Pharaoh Zoser. His Imhotep was, uh, his, uh, excuse me, his vizier was, was Imhotep. And so here's the three gods. So here's the ram-headed god right here. So this is Kanum. And so Zoser is making an offering to Kanum and to this trinity of gods here. Now it's interesting, the famine stella seem to be carved on a split rock. I don't think this split after they put the inscription here. I think they put the inscription on a split rock and I think that is symbolic. That in the nature and the providence of things that became symbolic because there's so many things in ancient Egypt and theology and archaeology, there's divisions. And so they're pretty split evenly about the interpretations of what's called the Famine Stella. It's called the Famine Stella because it talks about seven years of famine that took place during Pharaoh Zoser's reign. Well, some people say there's a connection between Zoser's vizier, his prime minister, Imhotep, and Joseph. There are many similarities between Imhotep and Joseph. Imhotep was one of ch 12 children. Joseph was one of 12 children. They were both skilled architects. They were both skilled at interpreting dreams. They were both skilled at, uh, at, at pharmacology, pharmacology. You know, they knew how to do herbs and stuff. They knew how to, how to have potions for healing. They could interpret dreams. And so some people think you can, you can connect the biblical and the Egyptian chronology in a way that makes that fit, that makes jo the time of Joseph fit the time of Zoser. Now, Egyptology, of course, will never relinquish that idea, but there's a growing group of people that are reconstructionists of the chronology. Again, we're talking about a division here. So you can, you be, the haters can weigh in and say, yeah, but yeah, I understand there's a different side to this. You don't have to hate on me. Just go, go follow your side or whatever. But, so I think this is an archeological evidence that at least you know, suggests the possibility beyond just those that are already made between the similarities between Joseph and Imhotep, the vizier, the prime minister of Pharaoh Zoser. Prime Minister Imhotep's bones, his grave, have never been found in Egypt and Zahi Awas has looked hard for them. It's interesting that the Bible says that Joseph's bones were taken back to Israel. So, of course, they'd never be found in Egypt. They've, never, they've looked for it. Zahiwas would like to find, you know, the, the, the tomb of Imhotep. It's never been found. Here's what it would help explain, if, if you can make that connection. And again, I think that the, see Tim Mahoney's movies, the filmmakers' movies have shown all over America in theaters, patterns of evidence. He interviews leading Egyptologists 
on both sides, on both sides of the question. He's got the people at Harvard saying no, and he's got some other people saying yes. Watch his stuff. So, so here's what it explains for me. You know, I've just come from Dashur and Giza, and the largest stone building project in the history of the world is there. Sneferu, the father of Khufu, put, laid more stones than anyone else in the history of the world by building the red and the bent pyramids. Then his son, Khufu, builds the Great Pyramid, more stones than that than any other true pyramid in the world. So that father-son combination is responsible for more building of stone than any time in history. Here's the thing I've never heard explained from the Egyptologists. How did they pay for that? Where did all the money come for the beef and the beer and the bread and the factories and the workers? Having a state treasury so big that it could pay that because generally speaking, the administrations of Egyptian pharaohs were small. We often think they're centralized because the pharaoh is so powerful. They must have had a centralized administration like America. You know, we got the FDA tells you what can be in your cereal, tells you what you can eat, how fast you can go on highways, all this. We have a centralized bureaucracy, but Egyptians didn't have that. The appearance of that came because the pharaoh was powerful. But they did have something like that in the fourth dynasty. So where did the wealth for all that had to come to place for the Great Pyramid, where did that wealth come from? All of a sudden, we got this aboriginal pre-dynastic people, these half-ape people, and then they, oh, and all of a sudden, boom, the Great Pyramid. That takes a tremendous amount of money to build the Hoover Dam. Where does that come from? Well, America was wealthy. We've got a lot of taxes. Here's where it came from. If this connection is true, the Bible story says that there were seven years of famine. Joseph knew it because of a dream he got from God. He told the Pharaoh. The Pharaoh believed him. And so all the world during the seven years of famine, because they had stored up during the seven good years, all the world, after they had taken all the wealth of Egypt, because the Bible says first, you know, they gave their money, then they gave their land to Joseph. So a socialist state under the, you know, the biblical Joseph, the, the, the state owned everything. And then, and then the rest of the world came for grain. And so the treasury that was amassed because of a wise man believing in God that there would be seven years of plenty and then get ready for the seven years of famine, that's where the money came from for that massive building program. And that's the only explanation I've heard. Now... I'd like to see what Egyptologists say, because you know what? In all the reading I've done about Old Kingdom, I've never had anybody explain to me. I should have asked Mark Lehner this when I was with him, because he is the master at doing research on who these workers were. You know, any of you that believe it was aliens and Atlantans, you haven't looked at the work of Mark Lehner, because he found the breweries, he found the bakeries. Human beings that were Egyptians built the Great Pyramids. Sorry, the evidence is there. Those are real cartouches of, of the workers up in the relieving chambers. Graham Hancock, John Anthony West, Robert Boal, they all admitted it. The current book that tries to debunk it doesn't. <laughs> Don't get hoodwinked. So there's a division. I've talked about it. I laid some cards on the table. If you're a searcher like I am, stay with me. Thanks for watching. I think so. Let me see. Let me see. Let me see.